Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Everybody. Welcome to the PBSC Podcast. Steve Moore and Mark Castleman here uh, coming at you with episode 182. Gosh, if you can believe it, 182. Uh, we got a really great question today. And it was, you know, it was a great question from a couple of from a couple of angles, honestly. I really loved the just the succinct brevity and rawness of it. I told Mark oh, yeah. that before we were it starting. So, it was just so authentically blunt. It was awesome. It's just so cool. Yeah, We're going to read the whole thing to you because it's like two lines. It's just very, very to the point. Not that I don't we know mind detail, but... I don't know if we've ever had anyone send in a question to, uh, to PBSC that was that said so much with so little words. Yeah, it was really, really well done. <laughs> so I'll just read this here real quick. She's she's very to the point. This is a partner uh, writing in. She says, can you address this question on your podcast? And then she goes on to say, I want my partner to suffer the same hurt as he inflicted on me. I actually want him to feel terrible. Why do I feel this way? How can I stop feeling this way? Mm, That's wow. it. That's it. <laughs> it was really well done. Yeah. Really well done. Um, and it was interesting, like Mark said, because there is so much said with so little. We could, with this, with the way that this was put, you could just feel the energy with it, mm, right? Yeah. And uh, just really connect with this spouse. She can. You, there's just a real sense of, I'm kind of at my wit's end. You know, this is just driving me nuts. I don't want to feel this way, but I do. And it is what it is. How do we change it? So, yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to just jump right into this one, I guess. Right. And, yeah. I think let's just, right on. let's just come right at it. I think the very first place to start is first of all, to validate what she says to, to legitimize it. For she's sure. not, she's not crazy. She's not dark or twisted or, you know, Adeline or any of those things. It's very authentic and vulnerable to say, I'm so hurt and so wounded and so devastated that I want him to feel this as well. Yeah. I mean, that's totally legitimate. And so now we get into the realm of what does betrayal trauma look like and feel like 
for the partner of an addict. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that is a good thing to jump in. We just, we just hope that all you spouses who can connect with this listening, we know, I know Mark and I in our clinics, we oftentimes see, see sentiments like this and they're usually really accompanied just with a lot of shame. Yes. Um, you know, I love my partner or I want to love my partner or I'm struggling to love my partner and a good wife loves their partner and right. All of those kinds of messages come up, but like Mark is saying, and as we go through this, that's what we want you got you ladies to be able to take away from this is, is that like Mark said, that this is normal and we're going to go through the reasons why what's going on in your head. Okay. We're going to help you to understand you're not a homicidal maniac who just is, you know, it's, it's weird to, to, to be in this place. Um, and, and, and like, and like Mark was alluding to, right. Betrayal trauma. Gosh, what a complicated topic just in general. We talk about it obviously on here all the time, but, um, it is hard to quantify a little bit, but if we were to, if we were to look at, at what it looks like, right. And, and go through some of the sim- the symptoms just briefly, um, probably one of the, our clients would be what we'd call emotional variability. Yeah. Yep. And the most, yeah, emotional variability, and you know what? I mean, that kind of emotional variability kind of says, you know, my mood goes up, it goes down. I never know where I'm going to be from one minute to the next. This is yeah. really supposed to ride. But it even gets worse than that. I mean, you and I work with partners in betrayal trauma who say, once disclosure came out and I finally realized, quote, who I was married to or in a relationship with, my whole personality changed. I don't know myself now. Like, who is this person that I've become, right? Mm -hmm. Angry and depressed and no energy and resentful and, right? Who who am I? How did I change like this? Am I crazy? Am I Mm -hmm. nuts? Like, what is going on here? Yeah. Emotional variability just, it's it's, it's like a, it's like being broadsided. Like, what has happened to me? Well, and that can become even more complicated, and we don't know if this is the case or not here, but when when an addict partner is in active addiction and the accompanying thinking errors that go along with that, the gaslighting, the yeah. minimizing, the denial, right, those kinds of things, mm-hmm. it just doubles down on this whole emotional roller coaster because now we truly don't even know what up is down and down is up, right, when it comes to our partners and what's going on. And yeah, I don't, I don't know me and I don't know him. And, yeah. and is everything we've had together up to this point been a lie and a facade and an act? I don't know if we've had ever had anything authentic. I've heard it described as it's kind of like looking at my relationship through a kaleidoscope, right? It's, it's like, I'm just, I'm seeing it, but it's in this fractured, distorted, warping way. Mm. And so it can be really unsettling. I mean, we, 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 we say, we use the phrase sometimes it's not uncommon for a spouse, for example, to want to have sex with their partner in the morning. They're connected. They feel hope right in the relationship. They feel a closeness or a desire to be closeness and want to quote unquote Lorena Bobbitt, their partner in the evening, right? And that that really, I mean, we say that with 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 obviously some tongue in cheek, but only so much because spouses really do feel that way. And sometimes that varies even from hour to hour. And oftentimes what's going on there, and you know, we 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 talk about this on, on Dare to Connect. Actually, we just talked about this the other day on Dare to Connect. There's this two voices in the head, right, mentality. A lot of spouses will almost kind of describe it almost sort of feels like multiple personality disorder, even though it's clearly not, mm-hmm. um, where I have this one side of me, right, that is, I guess you could call it the we can do this side, right? It's filled with love, trust, hope, like I love this person. We can overcome this. We can grow together, right? There's this really hope-based mentality, and then for spouses simultaneously, while those 
lines of thinking are going on, there's this other side, right? Made, made up of fear, made up of anger, made up of resentment. It's we we would call it, I guess, the forget this or the screw this mentality, right? Like who needs it? Why even try? This is hopeless. This is a lost cause. It, it, we were on the Titanic. The band just packed up. Like lifeboats are gone. We're toast. Yeah. And and that you know that that references from a couple of places, but that that fear, anger, resentment side, that that forget it side, you know, it has so much rooting in the fight, flight, freeze response that we talk about all the time, right? I I want out. Um, I'm not able to do this anymore. It's too much. And sometimes that is something to be listened to, but that's a that's a topic for another time. The long and short of it is, is when you have both of these mentalities, right, kind of rattling around in your brain, you begin to understand, and hopefully all the husbands or or addict partners who are listening here are, are paying attention, it begins to help one understand the confusion and the dilemma that a lot of spouses experience on the emotional spectrum, right, when they're yeah. in this place. Well, and I think one of the things that happens is when a when a spouse has been betrayed in this way and she starts to feel all of these extreme emotions, it's very easy to go to the automatic place that too much of the culture would say, oh, there's something wrong with you. You shouldn't be feeling this, right? Yeah. You're, you're yeah. overstating it. You're You're whatever. And I think it's really important for any of you listening, feeling these things to realize that they're not coming from typically a just purely vengeful, hateful, you know, get him place. They're coming from a place that this relationship, this connection, this closeness, this trust and loyalty and, and the whole thing that you thought you had in this relationship. And now it's been just exploded, right? It's, it's like this train wreck and you're trying desperately to be connected, trying desperately to reestablish something, to find out where you are. And so these feelings of anger and resentment and all these initial reactions, when I heard her say, I want him to feel terrible the way I'm feeling, what I heard in that is, I want him to lean in and have empathy for me about what he's done and how mm. he's made me feel. I want to know that he's seeking to understand and to lean in and to connect to my feelings. What is that? It's not just pure hate or vengeance. It's a bid for connection. Yeah. I'm desperate to be connected to this person, but he's, he's blown this up now. Yeah. Right. It's very important to realize that you can't just put a label, smack a label on these feelings in betrayal trauma, that this is bad. Or like she says, how do I stop these feelings? It's not so much stopping them is stepping back to ask what's under these feelings? Why are they so intense? Why yeah. do I feel so strong and passionate about this? Well, I, yeah. And, and I think it's important to kind of break this down into the two sides, right? It's if we were to kind of give this the, the, the Skittle, the Skittle approach. And what I mean by that is like the candy Skittle or candy M&M, right? We've got the inner mushy center and we've got kind of that outer candy shell. Mm. And on the surface, right? How does this manifest? How does that outer candy shell look, right? It looks like very much understandable anger, Sometimes yep. rage, yep. right? Resentment, um, and uh, even that, right? Sometimes in therapeutic circles, gets kind of demonized. And while it's true that that there are elements to anger that can be toxic, especially you know based on the actions that we may take during it, while we do want to regulate those, can we just tell you that we have so much compassion for spouses who feel this way, like this partner, mm -hmm. right? Because what we hear there. In, in our offices, when we hear this vocalized by these awesome, amazing partners who 
you know, in, in virtually any other circumstance would be kind and loving and, 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 and whatever else, right. They'd have a lot of really positive engaging characteristics. What that speaks to, I think is just that level of pain and the desperation that your brain and your heart is feeling to stop feeling that pain. Mm -hmm. So one of the things uh, I wanted to say real quick, and and by the way, you guys are going to notice Steve's audio is a little different. He had to switch to his uh, different system because uh, there was kind of a meltdown with his computer. Right now, I sound even cooler and more manly. At least yes, that's how I'm gonna yes, say it's it. it's coming through the more. <laughs> it sounds more techy, alienish. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, I uh, you know, as a guy in recovery, one of the things that would be it would be easy for me to hear in all of this is okay, great. You guys are talking about my betrayed partner's feelings that her anger and her rage and lashing out resentment and all this roller coaster ride of emotions, everything you guys have been describing, right? That that's legitimate and normal and et cetera, which, which it is. But as an addict, I, that would kind of easily put me into a hopeless place. Okay, great. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with this? And I think it's important to understand that all of this or even much of it is not negative, right? Intense emotion that's being expressed. What does intense emotion say? I care about this relationship. If I didn't, I would just be indifferent. I would just go mm. apathetic and numb and just say, I don't, I don't give a rip. I don't feel anything. But the fact that this this person that wrote into us, the fact that she's feeling these really intense emotions tells me she cares about the relationship. It matters to her. And so all of you guys in, you know, uh, in recovery and or or hopefully you're going to get into recovery and you're listening to this, the fact that your betrayed partner is is showing these really intense emotions, please don't interpret that as hopeless or negative or right there's there's no place to go from here. That tells you she cares. And I yeah. think that's important to recognize. Yeah, no, I I agree because it can be really confusing, right, on the addict side, uh, mm -hmm. and, and even really discouraging, really disheartening, right. But it's and and that's why it it, it I think this topic is such a good one, not just for our partners listening, because we're going to get into the solutions here in just a second, but also on this other side of just you know as confusing as 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 this is for a partner, it's equal equally confusing sometimes for the addict. Definitely. Right. And so under so understanding this surface response versus what's going on underneath is is really critical. And I and I love what, what we were talking about earlier before my computer melted down, right? These <laughs> these underneath desires, right? I, I want him to connect with my pain. I want I want him to feel not necessarily in a vindictive way. I want him to be able to feel what I'm feeling so that he can understand where I'm coming from. Right? Yep. Um I want uh, sometimes I know partners uh, oftentimes we hear this I, I want him to feel it because I think that's going to help him be able to validate me right if he can really get it that way then maybe he'll be able to do that um and if I can and also you know if I can feel if if he can feel what I'm feeling then maybe that's going to be an impetus for him to change yes right? maybe that will be the thing that gets him to say oh my gosh I need to stop I need to fix I need to course correct and I think so. that's one of the reasons that betrayed partners will will manifest a lot of these really intense emotions is 
I want him to understand the incredibly deep and devastating impact this has had on me. And if he can really understand how the devastation, maybe that will, that maybe that will be an important part of him actually changing. Right. Yes. Very much a legitimate part of those feelings that she's having. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Nope. Completely agree with that. And so, so there's, when you look beyond, again, that reactionary state for both the addict and the partner, as both are able to come come to that place of seeing, you know, what is going on besides just what I can see, I think it lends itself to really creating that space, right, for that empathy, not only for for one another, but just as importantly, more importantly, in some ways, right, for the partner just to be able to connect with themselves and say, again, to this to this partner who wrote in, right, I'm not crazy or I'm not a horrible person, right? Or I'm not a bad wife. Like this is very natural. Yep. So well, and she made an interesting statement, you know, that we wanted to address as we, as we kind of finish up on the solution side of this, she said, uh, we've talked now about why she feels that way, but then she said, how can I stop feeling this way? And we, we understand that feeling. I just want this to stop. Mm-hmm. But we yep. want to, we want to suggest that, uh, that she and others who are experiencing this would step back and open themselves to adjusting that a little, instead of saying, stop feeling this way. Like it's something I need to, you know, put an end to. And then that, and right. That's understandable because this hurts, hurts like hell. And yes. I want it to stop. But, but the, the more healthy approach to that is, okay, how do now, now that I'm feeling this, how do I move through this? Rather than stop it or avoid it or go under it or around it, how, how do I let this move through me and me through it so that I can, I can go forward? And one of the best ways I know to do that is to, is to ask, it's a really difficult question to be mindful enough to be able to step back and ask it, but what is this here to show me about me, about my relationship with him? What can I learn? Right. Oh, yes. oh boy, even though it's incredibly painful and horrible, the teacher has appeared. And I know that's hard to hear. I mean, it's like, Mark, are you crazy? This is here to teach me and for me to learn something? You're insane. Mm, yeah. But it, but what an important what an important um transition if you can if you can do it just a little. Mm-hmm. That's a great point to make. It's a great point. Well, as we, I know we're, we're, we're running out of time a little bit here. If we, if we were to kind of move along, right. And we're, we've kind of covered this. I actually wanted to feel terrible, right. Why do I feel, feel this way section? Mm-hmm. If we were to kind of get to the, to the real meat of this, right. How can I stop feeling this way? Yeah. Right. Yeah, we uh, stopped about, talked about that. Yeah. What, what's, how does, how does a person like this go forward? What does, what does forward yes. look like? Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, this was interesting as we were doing production before we got on the air, because, you know, there are a couple of thoughts to expand on this. And I like the way Mark put it specifically, right? I mean, it's, there's uh, the initial notion, right? Is this idea of we want, we want to stop the feeling it's unpleasant, it's uncomfortable, it's undesirable. But what we see time and again, when we're doing emotional work, is that when we try to stop feelings uh, I don't even know what the analogy would be. Oftentimes, the more you try to stop feeling something, uh, you're 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 kind of trying to hold back a dam of water with your two hands. There's, 
you know, feelings are just feelings, right? They are what they are. The goal is, is how do we manage them, right? How do we process through the, the issues and the conclusions that our brain has made behind them? Are, are, is our paradigm open to change? Are we, in what ways are we able to change the circumstances, right? And when we look at those areas of, in other words, working through the issues at hand so that we can, you know, get to that place of, of resolving these, these kinds of things rather than placing so much effort on the front end of how do I just change my feelings? Uh, yeah, we change the thinking, we... right? And then we change the feelings that way. Yeah. And we've been, the whole month of June, we've been spending time on this in Dare to Connect about helping, you know, helping our, our guys in recovery and, and the gals, you know, in betrayal trauma healing and the couples coming together, we've been talking about, you know, how do we deal with these emotions and feelings that are so intense? And we've been focusing on, you know, this concept of um, codependence and the other end of that spectrum, which is toxic independence. And, those are those are unhealthy ways that we deal with these kinds of intense situations that we're talking about today. But how do mm-hmm. we how do we start to sit with them, sit with those feelings, and identify what's under them? Right there's there's there are deeper things going on under these symptoms. And yes, it's, in, it's perfectly valid and legitimate to be angry and to want him to hurt like I'm hurting. And and as we as we consider that, we say, okay, what is under all of this? What is the deeper side to this? Um, how am I doing with my sense of worth and value, uh, regardless of what he's doing or not doing? How am I with yeah, regard yeah. to boundaries? Am I good at setting healthy boundaries in this relationship? And with, with, the, with the matching outcomes, right? What are, what are my expectations? in all of this, you know, going forward. This is where we yeah. start to get into the the underneath work as we start to consider these things. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great point and you know and as we look at the neat side of it, right? And what we talked about earlier is kind of a an allu- an illusion to what we what we where we need to go, right, in terms of stopping this. Clearly in a situation like this, I would say that with with any spouse that comes into our office where there's this level of disharmony, right? This level of dissatisfaction. There's definitely a clear need for either boundaries as a whole and expectations that need to be set. And, or we need to fix something with the boundaries that are already there or the way that they're implemented, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's very much, uh, and that can happen in a lot of ways that might include, for example, space, be it physical or emotional from the partner while they're engaging in, in in active ongoing addiction behavior patterns, right? If you're going to continue doing things that are going to hurt me, to hurt this relationship, I can't control you, but I do have a need to control my environment, how much I am able to engage with you when you are making those choices, et cetera, mm-hmm. right? So, so we need to, so if there is ongoing, if there are ongoing issues that are happening, and that's not just with the addiction, right? That's with the emotional, it could be emotional abuse or the emotional thinking errors or the, or the emotional trauma that accompanies this as well. So that's a, that's a huge first place to look is, a, is an examination of or possibly a, re, a reshaping or shoring up of, of boundaries and making sure that what we have set up is being enforced and that they're reflective of what we are really needing. Because going back to what we were talking about before, usually at this level of animosity of 
regardless of whatever else it's indicative of. It definitely is the brain saying, I am exhausted. This is not sustainable. I need a break of some sort. Right. Yeah, I love what you're so, saying. You know, all of the all of the betrayed partners listening should should not discount or neglect this concept of taking space. Yes. Right? It's legitimate for you to feel these things, but not just feel them, but then identify your outside support system that's not dependent on what he is or is not going to do. Right? Your your partner cannot be cannot be your sole validator. Your sole source no. of, of worth, your sole source of, you know, meaning and fulfillment, et cetera. And so establishing that outside support system and your sense of self-care and well-being, right? You need space. Well, and having that place to vent, right? Yes, and a place to... to vent. That's a, yeah, right. Yeah, see, and it's not about stopping the anger. Do I have a place where I can go and, and express these legitimate feelings in a raw and vulnerable way to others who understand? important yes. part of the process how, how can i express my lorena bobbitt feelings without becoming lorena bobbitt <laughs> right, accompanying right. negative consequences so, mm -hmm, <laughs> no mm -hmm. and that and that really is critical right um and and not just with the validation right i yeah, there's there's a dynamic that we see with couples and this this is bigger than just the issue here but we it does bear mentioning because we did talk about how you know your spouse your spouse can't be your sole sort of sole source of validation Oftentimes, without even realizing it, sometimes we will turn to the very person who has hurt us in a way to be a support person when they may not, because of where we're at in recover recovery, excuse me, or where they're at in recovery, our brain may not allow us, allow them to, or they may not be in a space to be that person, mm -hmm. right? Which is really hard because in so many other situations, right, when, when Mark and I are working with spouses in real time, you know, we, we oftentimes will ask the question, well, if this was any virtually any other issue, who would you go to? You'd go to your partner. Yeah. But in this case, your partner is the is the source of the pain. Right. Right. And and sometimes that can be really hard to acknowledge because that would in any other situation, that would be where we would go. But there is an element to what Mark is saying that's really important where I have to recognize and accept this person cannot provide those things for me in this area. They just can't. And I have to involve other people, whether that's a support group, a therapist, a, a, a program like Dare to Connect, right, for addicts, spouses, and couples where you can get anonymous help and, and engage, engage with regular support throughout the week, connect with other people, right? I need something to be able to yeah. do that with. And that's so. really, that's our assignment and invitation, you know, to this person who wrote to us and, and all the others listening, you know, as to wh while practicing self-compassion, and self-kindness and self-patience and all of this, uh, you know, these extreme emotions you're feeling, you know, begin, begin the process of getting underneath the surface of these intense emotions and looking at what they're about for you. And so through journaling, uh, processing these kinds of things, as we've said, with, with outside safe parties, you know, support groups and a therapist and, and others that can, you know, that you can bounce things off of. Um, what are your underlying needs in all of this? As you start to process through these intense emotions, what do you really need going forward? What does that look like? What's authentic for you? And how can you start to establish boundaries around what is authentic for you? Right? That's, uh, that's what the path forward looks like. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, 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 I love that. I love that. So yeah, as we, as we wrap up guys, that is the assignment, right? To start digging deep into this and just to take a look and, and ask yourself, you know, what are the things that need to shift? We want to, for all you partners out there, we just want to wrap up by saying we really do empathize and connect with where you're at. And please trust us when we tell you, you will get much further in this by, by focusing on providing yourself some empathy and normalizing where you're at and working on the issue itself by, by looking at the needs underneath rather than trying to shame yourself or belittle yourself or talk yourself into feeling something else underneath all that. In most of the cases that we work, why do you, why are you so angry at him? Well, in many cases as a therapist, when I see couples really get into it in my office, believe it or not, that's actually encouraging on a certain level because it tells me why are these two people getting so escalated because they care. Exactly. Right. Where, where where things get really scary in, in a therapist's office is when you have one partner and it's not like a posturing way where you can just tell the other one just says, oh, you're having an affair. Well, go have another one. I don't care. And there really is no, right. There's no care. There's no investment. There's no whatever. Yeah. So hopefully that can translate for all you partners out there and for the addicts listening as well, that when those difficult feelings come up, whatever else that means, it means that there's still investment. And that's a good thing. I agree. Yeah, so. totally. Totally. Well, thanks everyone for being here and I really appreciate this submission and hope it's been helpful and we will look to be with all of you in our next episode. Yes, as always, um, guys, if you do have questions for the podcast, you're welcome to send those into us at the contact form at pbse.com um, or PBSE, sorry, PB- pbsepodcast.com. Yes, and yeah. I, I have no idea where pbse.com goes, so don't don't send it there. <laughs> but then as always, guys, we, we still have our truly free trial running on the Dare to Connect program. We keep growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, wherever you're at in recovery, we can level you up to the next next space with Dare to Connect with all the features it offers. Please come check us out at daretoconnectnow.com. We'd love to have you come join us, see what all the excitement's about, and we'd love to have you there. All right, take care, everybody. See you next time. Have a great week. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.